This is a presentation of Man Breed. Man Breed. Hello and welcome to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all men. I'm Michael Diallo McClendon, joined again with the resident therapist, Dr. Thurman Webb. Dr. Webb, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, how's it going, Mike? I'm excited about our topic today. You know, uh, we, we try to keep it coming for the audience. We try to talk about this thing from perspectives that you don't normally hear, and I'm excited about our guests and our topic. But before we get to that, we have to throw it to our our resident street therapist. The street uh, therapist. Mr. The street therapist, Mr. <laughs> Orlando Boy. What's going on, man? Here I go. Here I go. I'm here. I'm here. Now. Like a rap, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, ready to get it on and popping, as we say, you know. And like I said, we got to do it right. And uh, like I said, I am excited about this topic. This is going to hit home, especially from some of the bros who always get at me and talk about some of the topics we should talk about. So this is one of those. So let's get it going, Mike. Well, let's do it. Okay, so today we are talking about baby mamas and baby daddies, but really that means co-parenting, right? You know, and so we have an exciting guest joining us today. She's a motivational speaker, a radio industry veteran, uh, the CEO of EFG Promotions and Consulting, and she's better known or also known as I should say, as a Glamazon mom. Welcome, Ebony Funderburg. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to get in and dig in on this very conversation right here. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, baby mamas and baby daddies and all that good stuff. But thank you so much for having me. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, it's, it's It's a hot button topic, so we can't go on without discussing it because you know, we're old enough, or at least I am, to remember the song Baby Mama Drama or Who That Is, Ain't Nothing But My Baby Daddy. And, and to me, that was always like, ah, you know, I always cringe when I heard that language. But I guess I'll direct this first one at Doc. What, Doc, what, what does all that language originate from? I mean, what, what's, what's, what's at the root of us using that type of language to describe one another? Oh, man. Um, you know, there are, there are a number of things that contribute to that space. Um, just from my experience and my research. Um, but I guess for the purpose of this conversation, we'd have to hang, hang the hat on the pen of, of the hip hop culture. Uh, and that's not necessarily a, a negative uh, connotation or a negative perspective. However, hip hop is constantly coming up uh, with different variations to language. Okay. And so we have, to, we have to really center this on the hip hop dialect. Right. So there's there's necessary things that come in the hip hop dialect that uh, require us to kind of unpack and get it in the right context. And we know that hip hop has a storied history of not always being on the right side of political correctness. However, (laughs) it it is the language of millennials. It is the it really is the language of us. We created it. It came out of our generation, but they continue to take it and evolve with it. And uh so, you know, I think we this conversation is needed. Yeah. Because we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, however, we do want to be real. And so, you know, let's talk about this thing. Right. You know, and like we said, it is about co-parenting more than anything, but the issues that come with that. And so, uh, 
I want to go ahead and, and bring Ebony into the conversation. Uh, and Ebony, uh, you know, one of the questions that come up, because usually our, 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 our podcast is about, it's really men talking, kind of getting a better understanding of ourselves, yes, but also giving a window to women in on how we feel. But there's been some feedback from some of the guys saying they want to kind of understand from a woman's point of view some of the issues that come up with co-parenting. And so one of the questions that come up, and uh, you may be able to help us with it, is uh, if not you, some of your friends maybe, you know, because I'm not trying to point a finger, but why do some women, uh, and this is the way they word it, add insult to injury by making it extremely difficult to see their child, even though the father may be paying child support. I know we're coming right out of the bat, right? But like, you know, like sometimes you, you find these brothers who are, who are trying to do it right, but then the, uh, the ex, if you will, makes it really hard for them. Well, I think it's always about history. What's the backstory? Not every story, not every situation is going to be the same. So there could be a number of scenarios that are playing into the very reason why a woman is making it very difficult for that father to be with their child. Um, unresolved issues, um, depending on how they broke up, you know, if there's issues with them being... Um, responsible in certain areas. Maybe he's paying child support, but he's not being responsible with visitation. Um, maybe he's paying child support, but he never really apologized or talked through any of their back issues. So there could be a history of lying. I mean, it really depends on the relationship that is there between their, that man and that woman. It's not necessarily a one shoe fits all of them. You're really gonna have to look at backstory and what led them to that place. When it comes to co-parenting, you have to be mentally in, a, in a, a posture that this is what you're doing, not for yourself, but for your children. So there is a level of sacrifice that happens there, even if you don't like the other person, even if you can't get along with the other person. But if you're doing it for the sake of the children, there's some, you know, there's some letting go that you do have to do. So, so, so when you find these situations, and I'm, I'm coming to you, Orlando, in a second. Uh, when you find these situations, let's say where the father uh, is, let's say, paying child support, uh, but, you know, the woman is just like, you know, not letting him see the child you know, what are some of the things you find, you know, with some of your friends who may be in situations or some of some of those issues where even if he is, let's say, doing the right thing, if you will, maybe, you know, he, he's doing all that he knows to do. What are some of the things that you say are still outliers? Uh, well, first of all, if he is paying child support and they're going through the child support system, it is illegal to withhold a child from that parent. So if he is paying child support and they're going through the child support system, there usually is a parenting plan that's put in place for visitation that's court ordered. And so if, um, if the other parent is keeping one parent away from the child, legally they can't do that. So they have grounds to go back to court and have that um, um, enforced by, by law. Um, however, also, again, you have to talk about what the backstory is. You know, it's more than just paying child support. There's a level of responsibility that has to be there as a parent. You know, does he have women going in and out of the house while the child is there? If he has to work, who's watching the child? 
I mean, there are a number of questions that two parents, if they're co-parenting, really have to come to some common ground on. I just can't rest on, well, I'm paying child support and she's not letting me see the child. Well, what, again, are the circumstances around that? Is there, you know, are there discussions that need to be had about how visitation is going down? Does she feel safe relinquishing her child to you? Are you providing a safe environment for your child? Um, what kinds of things are you doing while you guys are together? And some of that is just your business because you're the parent and that's your child. And whatever you choose to do with your child, you can do that. But you do want to make sure that the other parent is comfortable with that. And again, that goes into communication and co-parenting. I can't say that enough. Um, I, when I hear guys say, uh, um, you know, I pay child support, but she holds, she da, 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 da. I'm always asking, well, what's the backstory? What, well, what happened? What are y'all, what are your discussions? What are the concerns that she's expressing? Because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to be relinquishing your child to someone you think that is not going to think about the safety and security of your child. And you would say, well, what parent wouldn't think about that? But ironically, there are some parents who are not good parents. They're good donors. I'm just going to say that. Um, so, you know, if one parent is more responsible than the other, you know, that may be some of the concern they have. However, I got to go back to, if it is set up through the court, legally, a parent cannot keep you from seeing your child. So, so that may have to be the recourse. So I want Orlando to chime in, if you will, because I know, you know, you probably like I, Orlando, being a guy, you, you've seen situations where the guy is paying child support, like Ebony was saying. Uh, and even though it's, it's legally, he's supposed to be able to see him, it still becomes a legal difficulty uh, because it's, and, and sometimes there are the concerns, right? You, you know, cause maybe he's doing something illegal, right? Or maybe he, <laughs> the, the woman may feel like, uh, you know, uh, he's not, he's got a woman that he's dating that she may not approve of or something. I don't know, yeah. but, but, but you speak to Orlando, give me some feedback in terms of what you've heard so far. Yeah, so those are right on point as far as the issues that a lot of fathers say when they're dealing with their child's mother. She don't like my new woman. Or as Ebony put it, the backstory usually kind of comes into how they broke up, those types of things. Um, some of these guys though, you know, when they're putting themselves in this situation, it could be that either they have multiple children by multiple women, and then they try to bring the ch children together and one of the mothers have the issues or whatever like that. It usually stems from, like you said, some of the backstory. But a lot of the guys come back to that child's mother is just being vindictive. Maybe because, hey, they see that even though he's paying child support, that he's still doing good because some guys feel like the mother is putting him in child support as a form of punishment. Uh, but the guys who still continue to maybe, like, you know, they're making money, the child support is being taken care of and they're out there living their best life. The mother kind of then uses the child as kind of a, uh, a leverage in a sense that knowing that's where it's going to hurt him when he wants to see or spend time with the child. Mm -hmm. Albeit that there is a court order for them to be every other weekend. There's still difficulty in that. You know what I mean? He comes by and try to pick him up at 5 PM on Friday. She out somewhere else, you know, so he got to run around and waste a lot of time and then he don't get the child to eight, that's their evening, it's all messed up, you know what I mean? So it's a lot of these stories that happen that from the pickup, from the time they, they get the child or when it's time to get the auxiliary things because those things are not 
uh, put into the equation of what the child support agreement may be from the court. Father sometimes wants to do things over and beyond that. And that's where it becomes difficult for the father in the relationship with the child because the mother may be blocking that or trying to throw some other things into when when it comes to back time to recertify or do all those things like that by not being uh, open to the course that these are the things the father may want to do or when he wants more time maybe it's a week in in spring break he wants to have the child and she's tripping she don't want to have the you know let him that child spend time with the father during spring break if she's the general uh has general custody so these things like that that kind of hear some of the stories from guys that when they deal with this drama and how to overcome that and even having a better relationship with the with the mother but it's it's in that lane where they want to know okay what else do they have to do to make it better for them So can I chime in and say this? Child support is never a punishment. Child support is to make sure that your child is being provided for, period, point blank. It should never, Mm -hmm. if you're paying child support as a man or as a woman, because there are women who pay child support as well, um, it should never be looked at as she trying to take my money or he's trying to take my money and live large. That Mm -hmm. money goes to your child is owed that. That is your child's right to be supported by both parents. And oftentimes the primary caregiver is spending way more money than what your child support really is on a monthly basis. But on the the flip side of that, when you have situations like that, and I know several um, that are contentious because, um, and I always have to say, it goes back to how things went down and how it was left. And if, um, you you know, there have been situations where I've heard where the woman was questioned on whether or not the child was theirs or not, that was very hurtful for them. Um, I've heard situations where, um, you know, a guy has left and for someone else, and that has left a lot of pain. I think the unresolved issue is what you're gonna have to deal with. And so if you're at an age where you're mature enough to handle it like two mature adults, you're gonna have to sit down and have this conversation and resolve those unresolved issues. And that's gonna be very hard to do. However, if you're putting it in the light of this is for the kids or my child, um, to make sure that they are being provided for and that they have um, stability in their lives and that we're raising a well-rounded child, then that's the sacrifice a mature person will sit down and make and they'll have that conversation talk it out we didn't work out i'm sorry i'm sorry i left you for tom i'm sorry i cheated on you with sip you know but how do we move forward for from here for the sake of the kids doc do you want to step in because i you know i i i i hear both explanations and and i understand that it's very complex uh and like ebony said i know right in the middle of that is the the child or the children, you know, how many of it is. And it seems like in spite of the backstory, they would be suffering in a situation where, you know, they're like the the, the, the object in between these two people who can't get along. Yeah. Um, you know, from my experience, just talking with adolescents quite a bit, um, without using the verbiage, they feel like the commodity. They are the product to be bought and sold in the exchange between, like Ebony said, two immature adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often than not, when you go to a custody hearing or you sit in court, uh, it brings out the immaturity in adults, just depending on, like she said, the backstory. 
I think the thing that we have to be mindful of in this situation is that the thing that we have labeled child support is very limited. And we see uh, parental figures, both male and female, fathers and mothers who have used child support as the tool by which they uh, enact their revenge. And so there's a lot of feelings of abandonment that happen within relationships that is generally orchestrated by the other partner. And, and so we've talked about the, the fathers or the mothers who pay child support and uh, they do not get to see their, their, their children, right? And like, like Ebony said, the court mandates that is supposed to happen, that is illegal. However, we need to look at the other side of that coin also. There are fathers and there are mothers out there who are not or who, who've been not being able to pay child support. However, they still want to be actively engaged in their children's lives and they have not been afforded access because our system sees the monetary aspect as child support. But like we've alluded to, and I've heard it in all of your commentaries, there are other aspects of real, sincere child support. And I think two mature adults have to be cognizant of that. That is not to say that the monetary investment or contribution that you make to the primary care holder is not important because it is. We are in a capitalistic society. If you want your child to have resources, if you want them to have the best opportunity to maximize opportunities, then yes, you have to invest with the dollar. But there are so many other aspects of child support that are not attached to the monetary value. We see children get in trouble, not because the parent is absent, but because the parent is not engaged, mm. right? And so we need to make sure that when we are, are, are talking to individuals who are trying to work through this very complex situation of a breakup, right? That we're not casting our adult situations down onto a, a, a child's mindset, right? Because they, they do not uh, deserve to, to reap the benefits of your dysfunction. So uh, child support is so much more than just monetary. And I want to make sure that we, we point that out because so often when the guy cannot pay the monetary aspect, he gets labeled as the deadbeat, the deadbeat dad, but he's at the sporting events. Uh, he's, he's there trying to provide the support the best way he knows how. But that does not get counted because he cannot do the monetary thing. And I'm not saying that's not important, but I'm just saying, there are so many aspects to true child support. What about that, Ebony? What, what about the guy who, who uh, he's, he's really doing his best to, to be there, but he's limited in access because he doesn't have the, the money to, Oof, to make the payment, but, 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 but his heart and his time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hard. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's her. I'm going to tell you, as um, it was so funny, um, as Dr. Thurman was talking about that, I'm a product of a divorced home. So I'm a product of, a, a, I grew up as a single, you know, in a single parent home, yeah. a young girl in the middle of a war. I will yeah. say that between my parents for a long time. Um, and then I got divorced and became a mom, a single mom of two girls and who had to learn how to you know, um, 
again, this is why I always go back to sacrifice because what you're talking about with the maturity of two people coming together, there has to be a point where that person realizes within themselves, listen, I got to make sure I, this is what I did for my kids because I knew what it was like being a child growing up a single parent home. And, you know, my mother was in and out of court because of child support. My -hmm. father had a lot of money. He will come get me, but I can't say I have visitation, but I can't say that, you know, it was uh, a fruitful visitation, you know, I just went because that's what I was supposed to do every other weekend. Um, but for my kids, I wanted something different from what I received. And that meant that there was going to have to be some moments where I said, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. My feelings on it. I don't have child support this week. I can't even tell you how high my arrears got. That's why I said this is a really hard one. I, w- I wouldn't put them out there like that, but they were very high. Right. Um, but I had to make a decision that if I wanted my girls to have a, a healthy relationship with men when they get older, they were going to have to have a really healthy relationship with their father while they were younger. So that was a, a decision that I made that, okay, you know, go. And I encouraged it. And if he wanted mm-hmm. to get him extra time, I encouraged that because I understood the importance as a product of a single parent home. I understood the importance of, Um, that relationship. And I think that's what has to happen with parents. You have to get to a place where you look past the hurt of it all, because it's going to hurt. And I can't say that forgiving is not an ongoing process when you're dealing with someone who has deeply hurt you. But you have to look at it from the perspective of what's going to be best for your child. Mm -hmm. A lot of times women are still trying to make men hurt because of a deep hurt that they receive from that man. But just like you were saying, Orlando, I think it was you, that you can't use, or Dr. Dr. Thurman, you can't use your children as a weapon. Mm-hmm. They're gonna grow up and resent you as they get right. older as well for not allowing them to have a good, healthy relationship with their parent, whichever parent it is. So right. I mean, I can't stress enough, if you need to get, I know this is going to be a question, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. If you need to get therapy to get you there, then that's what you need to do. Sit on a couch and work through some of those issues and those hurts that you have so that you can be healthy and in turn have a healthy relationship with your children's mother or father. Yeah. I I know a lot of guys that tell you, I walked out on her. I didn't walk out on my kids. But you know that is that in a, in an emotional situation that is a surgical scalpel that you would have right. to take to that situation right and you know i think guys have to understand that too like it's a package deal we you know we talk about our mother and her kids right but you know that's the one aspect but also women have to understand too that when a breakup happens that is the that is the that is the, the deconstructing of the relationship between a man and a woman and that does not always mean that it, it is a man, a woman, and her kids, especially if he mm-hmm. is their father mm-hmm. or if he's played that role, because there are so many other aspects of fatherhood that really are not attached to uh, his role as your partner in a relationship. And so we just have to be mindful of that. Well, I think some of the, some of the issue comes in when that happens, though, 
is that the the responsibility of the household then falls on one person mm -hmm. and that responsibility includes caring for those kids so then when a man walks out it's like he it does feel like he's walking out on the family because now here's a person that's got to take on a responsibility that they once had that may, they may not even be prepared to do, especially financially, especially mm -hmm. financially. Mm -hmm. So then when you look at, well, I want to spend time with my kids. Well, our, left, our, you know, our lights need to be turned back on or I got to pay you know, this bill or that bill. How are you going to help there? It just feels like it is um, an abandonment of the entire family versus just an abandonment of that woman. And I think you have to, I mean, it'd be different if the guy's like, I'm leaving, but here's some money. Let me give you some money for, you know, the yeah. lights and the heat and the, some food. And I mean, that's real talk. Yeah. Right. Right. That's real talk. When you have the responsibility of children and household bills and whatever else is going on that now all falls on you, you're taking on that weight and that stress as well. I think you need to think about those things when we're talking about how you're leaving and what the backstories are. Orlando, chime in because, uh, you know, there are a lot of different types of guys and some guys handle these situations better than others. So when we start talking about man breed and the different types of men, do some of them handle co-parenting or let's say high stressful situations that come from breakups and have kids, do they handle that better than others? And if so, which one? Uh, yeah, so the ones that handle it better, of course, are the competitive, I mean, not take that back, the competitive bees, breeds are actually the worst. <laughs> but all the other breeds can usually adjust and, and also depends on how the breakup happened or whatever was going on. Most of the guys, you know, in their breeds, and it varies because, like I said, there are some irresponsible conventionals, creatives, all those different things, what's going on in their lives, and those factors play into how they interact with the mother and then how that translates to the child. But usually conventionals who they don't have a lot of, you know, wiggle room, they want to be pretty much stable. They don't like all the drama, but yet and still it may be evident they're trying to do the best they can to make everything work. Um, all the other breeds, including the conjugates and if a complex have a child, it could be, you know, some other issues with that. But usually they all try to, except for the competitive breed. The competitive breed may take it personal or make it even a point that he's trying to be or going to court and drag out in court because he's trying to get custody of the children as well. You know, if he feel like they need to be part of his life and it becomes where they seem like the mother's out for a money grab and all those things like that. Those things play a big factor into how they interact with the mother and trying to have more time with their with their child so each breed you know even though there's a lot of similarities with it when it comes down to their children it's still those same things like it's across the board that there's not a perfect breed per se in dealing with co-parenting but you know many of them aside with trying to make some things in peace but you still have those guys who are who are they who they are they don't care they just want to be free and hey they'll they'll pay the money and then not even want to be in the child they think the money uh basically equates to the time they may want to spend that's just some men period so and that's not a let's be honest that's not a free thought either that's not that's not a a, a way of thinking that just came out of thin air what orlando right. just said the court system has structured it to be that way i can't tell you 
how many men who are in situations uh, with, with, the, with, with their baby mama, let me put that in quotes. I don't like the term. I'm with you, Ebony. I got it. Mm-hmm. However, um, but they all say, not all, but mo- more often than not, because I don't speak in absolutes, more often than not, they say when they go to court that they are fighting an uphill battle, that before they even open their mouth, there's already something in the atmosphere that has put them as fathers at a disadvantage. And I've, I've heard that, I tell you, I, if, if I had a dollar for each time I've heard that, I'd be a millionaire. Yep. And so the court system says, hey, you pay your money, you're good, right? But there is so much more, like I said before, to actual child support. So that the idea didn't just come out of thin air. So now guys, they're, they're facing jail time. They may already be struggling with employment. They, they say they want to go in there. They want to be more active in the kid's life. But the, the, the burden of proof is so hard for them as opposed to their counterpart. And so they become very discouraged and they just want to try to simplify the situation as much as possible. So I tell you what, man, I write that check and I leave her alone because mm-hmm. that's going to keep the peace. Yeah. However, you know, it, it, it leaves lasting ramifications on the children. Right. We, we all agree with that. But there are so many other things that are in place that are driving the systematic oppression of various individuals, depending on the situation that we just, we have to be honest about. So, so can we talk about like, you know, what's making you choose this particular woman in the first place? <laughs> what's making you choose this particular man in the first place? Hey, that's that's right. what man breed is about. We talk about that compatibility because when that compatibility is wrong, that's what this is a derivative of that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times then through certain men, men mature slower than women and hey, it looks good, it feels good to them. But then when they got to start acting good, that they not up on that same level. So yeah, it, it is a it is a big thing on the compatibility on the front end, but that's what we're trying to do here in Manbury, trying to get that right so we don't have these same conversations. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because we have to. I mean, we, I don't know if you saw the video of the father who brought the little girl back to the mother and he had her hair done, had it braided. Did y'all yeah. see that? Right? And the mother sees that and she's like, I told you not to braid the hair. She begins to cut this child's hair. Mm. in front of the father to get this stuff out of there and it was nice and you know had a borex in it and and he's like and she said i told you not to do this right so now that's not about the child that's mm-hmm. about control and that is about uh resentment that is about revenge there's so much in that she cut the the, the braids out of this child's hair cut her real hair mm-hmm. because he did something she told him not to do yeah and so but that 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 is that is part of the mentality that um, I think is resonating when we talk about uh, decoupling from a partner and then we still have children here. Now people want to take ownership of a child. And when, we, when, when you have this mindset of ownership of another being, you really are working and operating in a tricky space because now you want, you, you're not allowing the room for that plant to grow the branches and the leaves that it could possibly like you want to prune it before it is even developed. And, and that is not just a man issue and it's not just a woman issue. It's a parent issue. Right. And we, we, you know, that needs to be addressed for sure. Well, I think that's why it's so important to talk about therapy 
because a lot of what we see happening with parents today is a result of what happened with their parents when they were kids, which is a result of what happened to their parents when their parents' parents were kids. You know, a lot of this is generational. And without knowing someone's true history of whether it was abuse in the family, you know, what, what kinds of things they dealt with as children, how they perceived love, what love looked like to them, and then how as adults, they're acting upon those situations that they learned as a kid. That's why I say therapy is so good. When I sat on a couch, for, and I will talk about myself here, Orlando, just a little bit, but I sat on a couch for a year and a half. And what I learned about while I was sitting on the couch, when I was thinking it was for one thing, you know, I'm going through a divorce, I'm getting ready to be a co-parent, blah, blah, blah. We ended up going down this road of my childhood Yeah. that was so healing and so freeing. Then I could look at my situation today and understand why I made certain decisions, why my glasses, I saw things through certain lenses. And I could take those glasses off and then see what was happening here in this particular moment and how to get healthy, not only for myself, but to be healthy for my children and then have healthy boundaries in place when I dealt with their father or any other relationships in my life. But it took a self-awareness to get there. So even when you're talking about, you know, this woman who cut her child's hair because she was so mad that her dad braided her hair, that possibly had nothing to do with her dad or her daughter. It could have had everything to do with something else that she totally had not dealt with from her own childhood. But until you get the kind of help you need to really get to a place again where you are healthy, if you want to have, you talk about co-parenting situations, how do you do that well? You do that well when two healthy people come together, sit down and make a decision that this is what we're going to do for the kids. But when True. you have issues that you have not dealt with, they're going to come out, whether they come out in that relationship with that father or that white or that woman, that mother, or they're going to come out through your children. That is a, that is a reflection of some inter, inner work that you personally need to do. And if you're having, as a baby daddy, if you're having these <laughs> same issues with multiple women and multiple right. baby mamas, right. it ain't them. It's Correct. you. So sit down and really, you know, if you got to get with a counselor, if you do need to do some free counseling, I'm sure y'all can talk about that and where men can go and get that. But if you need to do, do some inner work, because the thing is you set the tone for your relationships and you set the tone for, and if it's not working on their side of the fence, then you take legal action. You do what you need to do to get it right. But you, it has to start with you. Well, Ebony, you said something right there, and I know we got to take a break, but uh, that's the problem a lot of times in relationships. People don't want to put in the work. So they don't want to put go. the work in the relationship. There you go. What is it going to be changing with the child for them to put the work into for them to be better parents? So that's a lot of times what happens with the broken people is that they don't want to put the work in. You know, like I said, you're either going to put the work in before the relationship, in the relationship, or after the relationship. And some people just don't want to put the work in, period. Mm. So... So let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts of things that can make for help more healthy uh, uh, co-parenting. Uh, you're listening to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all
Welcome back to Manbury Live. We're here and we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Ebony Funderburk. Uh, she is uh, the Glamazon queen. She is uh, a media, uh, I won't say legend, but a lot of folk know what she does because she does it well. Uh, and today we're talking about baby mama, baby daddy, or really co-parenting. And we've discussed a lot of issues, but Ebony, we wanted to come back uh, because in reality, you know, there are some trifling brothers out there, right? You know, we can't just act like they're, and when I say trifling, I, I don't mean to just throw that word out there and not say that we don't all have issues, but how much of it, when you get together with your, your friends and y'all talk about these issues, I mean, becomes a conversation about, man, these, these men out here now are just trifling, or how much of it is like really getting at the fact that, you know, there are a lot of nuances to these things and brothers are trying. I think there are some trifling men out there. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be very honest. And, you know, I think that leads into a whole other conversation about, you know, um, women getting older and being professional and career women, and there's not a lot of guys to date. And then you kind of make, you know, some uh, settling. You, you, yes, you settle for some guy, bruh. <laughs> And you know they trifling. Your girlfriends are like, are you just gonna, for real though? Oh girl, he's like this and that and that. And then you get pregnant and you yeah. really realize how trifling they are. At that moment, it's like you're going at it alone. It's like you become a single mom, like you went and got a donor at a sperm mm. bank and mm. you gotta go at it alone because that's what it comes down to, honestly. And so then the mindset just turns. You know, you can't count on him to do this, 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 this. So why bother? I'll do it myself. Um, I hate to say it. I don't know, you know, what other way there is around it, but there are trifling women and trifling men. Yeah. And we all make these decisions to be in, in these relationships with them and we don't count the cost. And so then when we don't count the cost and we end up with the blessing of a child, we then have to come face to face with the decision that we make. And there's no one to blame but yourself because oftentimes with trifling people, you already know they trifling when you're jumping in bed with them. So. <laughs> but let's, and let's keep it 100. If you recognize that they trifling and you decide to jump in bed with them, they ain't the only trifling one in the relationship. All right? So you mm. might want to swallow that part also. No, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. like why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really though, why? Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. You, mean, you just happen to have you just happen to have your revelation sooner than the trifling person. However, you right. are trifling in that moment also. Right. And yeah. you get mad because you're like, well, I wasn't the only one. Well, girl, did you think you were? Like, I mean. <laughs> Or, right, you know, right. when you know, when you say, oh, she was just with me because of my money and yeah. she saw yeah. a come up and she got, you know, she got pregnant. I think she got pregnant intentionally. Well, maybe she yeah. did. Are you a come up? Did you yeah. know? Why were you with her? Oh, Correct. well, you know, she was hot. She looked good. You know, she had that body. Okay. Well, yeah, we welcome are. to fatherhood. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, that child yeah. support might do her really well <laughs> this time around. I mean, at some point, you really do have to take responsibility for your actions. And it is not your child's fault that they are here. So do not take it out on your child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, this is a very difficult terrain to navigate. And even though 
you know, we, we talked a lot about the inner work that has to be done, the maturity in order to navigate that terrain. What are some at least general do's and don'ts that might apply in terms of creating uh, a healthy co-parenting situation? And uh, I mean, Orlando, you want to speak to it first or, or whoever wants to just chime in? Yeah, give, healthy? yeah give, it, give it to Doc and then I'll finish. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, you know, there are a few things that can happen uh, or should be happening in a healthy co-parenting situation. Um, I think the first thing that, that, that co-parenting needs to have is, as far as the individual, you need to get your feelings out of the way. You take your feelings, you take the stress, all of that out somewhere else. But when it comes to the parenting situation, you need to remove your feelings and get them out of the way. You should stay focused on the child. Both of you have invested interest in your child. And so much like money investment, you both are seeking a good return, right? With that being said, your interaction should always come off with a business-like tone when you are co-parenting. What is the business? What, is, what are variables are going to yield us the best outcome for our child, right? I care less how you feel about that. I may feel about this. We're going to feel differently about these things, but can we come to the table to put a plan in place that's going to yield the best results? That's a business mindset. So keep your issues to yourself. You don't need to be using your child as your BS therapist or your immature therapist. You need to go out and get a real one. All right. Keep your issues to yourself. And if it's so big that you have to open your mouth, won't you speak with the person you're having the issue with and not your child? Show restraint. Show restraint. Self-control. I teach my two boys all the time. If you can focus, be patient, and control yourself, you're going to be in the upper echelon of human beings on this planet. If you're co-parenting, you need to show restraint and be able to control yourself. And last but not least, listen. Don't be so quick to prove your point. Don't be so quick to be right. You should be searching out as many perspectives as possible because again, with the business-like mentality, you need to take in as much information as possible so that you can sit down at the table with your business mindset and put a plan together that is going to ensure that your child or children have the best opportunity to be whatever version of success they decide to create for themselves. Your job is to be there to support Again, child support is not about me deeming the outcome for my children or, or my child. Child support is two parents coming together to say, hey, I'm going to enrich this soil as much as possible. And however this tree grows, I'm going to celebrate it because it's growing towards the sun. And my children are great and that sun is going to shine on them. So I'm just going to enrich the soil. That's, that, those are the tips that I have just from my experience. And, and from my research. That's great. That's great. Orlando, what did you want to put on top well, of it? Yeah, the thing I want to put on top of it is that even going with the, the effect of on the child and you, what you're dealing with with the ex and trying to co-parent, how that plays a part into your next relationship. Because I've known so many people be so damaged by that relationship that it's hard for them to get into future relationships. And it, it really has that carryover. So then a lot of that cynicism they have really kind of, it kind of echoes back to the child's father again. Like some parents feel like the reason why they're, they're still single 
a parent who is single instead of a single mom, a single dad is because of what they had to go through and dealing with the child is feel like they have been used in a sense. So it's really now coming to a point of like, like, you know, we said earlier part of the show about getting and sitting down with somebody to really hash out those issues. So then you can move better and be healthier in a future relationship, because just because you have a, you got some drama dealing with the, the child's mama or daddy, it should not preclude you from finding love again. Mm-hmm. And that if you then move into a relationship, you're not apprehensive about having another child with this other person, if you still want more children. So a lot of times people get so damaged in this thing, man, it just turns into something that becomes toxic. And that is what can can ignite the generational curses that we've seen that keep spinning around because the parents see that my mama was unhappy dealing with my daddy all these years and that and mama never really fully recovered and got into a relationship until maybe when she got older, the kids got older and then it became a different thing because mama got a different mentality then. So, you know, we're just asking and really hoping that people really digest this conversation and understand that as they get through and, and assess where they are, then as they get ready to move forward, because you have to move forward. And I'm not saying being in another relationship is the key to happiness, but if it is, if it's precluding you from being in a relationship, you probably want to talk about and get some things ironed out as well. And keep in mind, as much as you, as much as, as, as the scolded or, or, uh, you know, jaded partner may be, I've seen so many situations where that individual tries to form a definition of love through the immature perspective of their child, right? But they're trying to form that definition about a partner love based on their love for their children. And those are two different types. And your child can only love you from a immature standpoint because they're looking to you to formulate a holistic or comprehensive definition for what that looks like. But if you're broken, Right. I said all the time, I said, I don't know any broken marriages. I just know two broken people that happen to be married. Right. So if you're broken, then you are not helping or, or, or helping to create this healthy sense of love. And that always starts with self. It always if you are not in a good relationship with self, you will never be in a good relationship with anybody else because it will always have this codependency aspect that will require something outside of self to fulfill. And that's not way, that's not how we were intended to be built. And so we don't want to pass on those codependency characteristics to our children. Like Ebony said, I got to heal myself so I can raise them to be whole people too. Cause we don't want them out here searching for somebody else to make them whole. That's ridiculous. That is dysfunctional. Right. And so again, also, like I said before, stop using your kids as your therapist. That's not fair to them. And it's leaving you with some, some gaps. You're looking deficient out here. You know, you can't just go color your, your feelings away. You know, go get a real person, man. Talk to an adult. Grow up. Ebony, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, kudos again to you because, of, you know, you, you not only talking about therapy, but the work that you have done and that you did in terms of making sure your, you know, your, your, your girls were able to get some attention from their father and, you know, working through all those things. Uh, I wonder, usually we have a lot of ladies listening, some guys, but for some of the guys who are listening and they're just like wanting to know, and this is general, right? But what are some of the things that I can do? Maybe, you know, I'm trying, but, you know, what are some of the things that maybe you hear from your friends that you would say that like, 
you know, that they sincerely want an understanding of that might kind of help the brothers get an understanding when they are sincere about doing better? Uh, I think communication is key. Um, putting forth an effort, not waiting for the mother to say something to you before you do it. Um, if you want to spend more time, if you want to be at games. One of the things that I personally did was I made sure that if my daughters had games or plays or musicals or something happening at school, that their dad always knew. I sent them a text, I called or whatever, I emailed the information. That was something that I personally did and I went out of my way to make sure that I did that. Some parents won't do that because they're still mad, but this is what we're talking about, putting yourself, your feelings aside, making that sacrifice because it really is about your child and how, how incredibly awesome is it for your kid to be on stage and singing their little heart out and they see mom and dad sitting next to each other. That is so cool. That was the other thing. I never wanted to sit across the way and their dad way over there. Wherever he was or wherever I was, I made sure I invited him to come sit because that showed a family unit. And that wasn't for me. That was for my girls. I wanted to make sure that they felt great. Oh, yeah, they're my mom and dad. It's Again, it's all about your kids. and You have to keep that um, um, in the forefront. But communication is, I think, so huge. Um, when things are going down, when something's right, even if you can't pay child support on, on time, how about you send a text to your, your child's right. mother, not baby mama, and, and say, hey, I'm going to be behind on child support. Right. This right. I mean, little things like that really go a long way. It shows that you're making an effort. It shows that you want to be engaged and it helps build trust especially if there hasn't been trust in the past because something went down that broke that trust, right? So here you're rebuilding that trust with your child's mother as well to say, listen, I know we didn't work out, but in this area right here, I'm going to do, I'm going to give it my thousand percent. They may not be receptive at first because again, building trust sometimes takes time, but yeah. if you're consistent in that, I think you can lay a good foundation to where your kids will be well, dad ain't never not come to my games. Dad never not came to my birthday parties. You know, he's never not called. And once your kids get a certain age, then you need to go ahead. And, and I'm sorry for the brothers that feel like they cannot do this financially. But if you can do it financially, go ahead and get your kid a phone. Go ahead and get your kid an iPad. And that way, whenever you want to talk to them, all you have to do is call them or FaceTime them on the iPad, or if they want to text you, make sure they set up an email address if they want to email you and have keep those lines of communication open. It doesn't always have to go through the mom. Once they get a certain age, it doesn't always have to go through the mom. You can establish your own relationship with that child. So never think that it's always got to be one way. Be creative, be innovative on, on how you can. And listen, these kids know every app under the book. I just found out about an app called House Party. And that's yeah, how they talk yeah. to their dad now through house. But what is a darn house party? And yeah, what yeah. kind of app is that? And who else you talking to on that app? <laughs> you know, I'm asking all those questions. But the reason they had it set up is because during COVID-19, we were sheltered in. So we weren't yeah. doing the back and forth to house just to keep everybody safe. And that was a way that they stayed engaged with their father. You can play games on the mm -hmm. app. And, you know, they felt like they were spending time with him, even though 
he was not physically present or they weren't physically over his house to do that. So you have to think ahead and be consistent and communicate. And those things you should not not do because you're not having a great relationship with their mom. You should always do and be consistent in that because you are trying to be um, a great example for your kids and you want to be a great example of a dad as a dad for your children as well. Now, Ebony, let me ask you this, because another point that guys talk about with dealing with their, their child's mother is that when the guy has got into another relationship, maybe even remarried, and the child now has a relationship with the, with the stepmom, and, and it's kind of starting to become a little bit fruitful, the mother started having <laughs> some issues with that. I see you shaking your head. So, uh, like, I kind of help a brother out with that because that's another issue that many brothers who they, they you know, they trying to have a healthy relationship, but the mom seemed to be a little jelly because child is, you know, sliding in, accidentally calling the stepmom mom a little bit, you know? Hey. Hey, and that's hey. going to always be touchy. You... You know, I think what makes it best is when, again, about back to this communication thing prior to marriage, when you're sitting down, when you have an, and this might be too mature for some folks, but when you know you're getting ready to get married, go ahead and sit down with your child's mom or dad, whichever it is. If a, if a mom's getting ready to get married, you and her fiance, and, you know, y'all sit down and have adult conversation and talk about what that looks like moving forward. How are you gonna parent? How are you gonna co-parent in that situation? Because is, is that step parent gonna be disciplining your kids? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, these are all things that you really need to talk about. And I was shaking my head hard because I understand the whole step parent and coming in and being, you know, well, what you gonna call her? Cause I'm your mama. Mm -hmm. Let me be clear about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens and it does to, I think for any parent, it would feel like if it's not entered in right and entered in where everybody feels at least some comfortability there, that it's like another person taking over your role. And as yeah. a woman, a single mom and, and their dad gets married, you know, it may feel like, well, they're now a family unit and here I am over here struggling still. And, right. you know, now here comes another woman who wants, they want to call her mama. I'm your mama. You know how much sacrifice. And I mean, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. That's why I feel like communication is always so key in situations like that. You have to sit down as mature adults, make introductions. I mean, I have a friend who uh, is co-parenting. Her daughter's uh, dad is remarried. They just had a birthday party. Everybody was there. Well, it should have been everybody in COVID-19, but that's no problem. <laughs> but the both parent, both, you know, her and her dad and her stepmom were all there. Yeah. And they were celebrating together. How many situations does it feel very uncomfortable for that even to happen? Because it wasn't entered into right. And that's why I think it's important before you even get into a marriage that you're cleaning up this stuff behind you in this other relationship as well and then y'all come together as adults you make the introduction this is going to be you know we're getting married okay let me meet you let me check you out let me get comfortable with you because you're now going to be around my girls or my yeah. children and so it's important for me as their mom to be okay with that how we let's discuss how we're going to you know discipline let's discuss what's going to happen with um who's going to buy a car i don't know you know these are things that are coming up when you're co-parenting and you have a two-parent household one side and a single on the other. 
Yeah, respect is respect is key. You know, right. whether you're with them or not, you want to make sure you're respecting your partner. Uh, you, you, like you said, you, you made the decision to to lay down with this person and to create a life. So at some point, you felt differently about the way, right. you know, you felt about that partner. But it's also uh, important to remember that evolution continues to happen even if that person's not with you, right? And so that means like they may have not been the best candidate when you had them, but they may have leveled up after you. Right. And they may have it going on after you. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times, you know, uh, we see people who have resentment of that level up after me because they feel like yeah. they were there to put the dues in with you, but they didn't get to reap the benefit. Mm-hmm. And so now, now they want to they want to tear that down. Mm-hmm. But we have to be mindful that respect is the key, right? Because if the goal is happiness, if the goal is peace, and I need those two things in order to to nurture uh, the atmosphere for our offspring then I don't care how you get it, as long as you have it. Because those are the things that we need to make this thing grow. But, uh, you know, we could talk idealistically about these mature conversations, but you and I know that it ain't a lot of them happening. At least there should be more. Well, there should be more. I think there are some mature people out there. I'll take that off the table. There should be more, though. There should be more, yeah. Just, just I know we're I know we're kind of running short on time, but you know, Ebony did a great job of speaking from sure. women's point of view. You know about the importance of communication, right? And I wonder, Doc, because you mentioned and Orlando, but Doc, you mentioned that a lot of brothers approached you about this topic in particular. I'm wondering from a, a, a guy's perspective, and you both being parents, you know, what are some of the things that you really hear the brothers like sincerely and almost desperately? wanting to express because they, 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 they need some insight on how to navigate. I'm, you know, from, from my experience and I'm Orlando, you know, jumping here too, like, um, it, it's an uphill battle to even try to communicate. Uh, what I try to get them to understand is that, again, we talk about dialect, right? And as, as, a, as irritating as baby mama may be to Ebony, Right. Mm. That may be my preferred term. However, due to our past history, if we had a child together, I don't have a cushion that I that I should have to engage in communication, because the minute that I say baby mama, I may just trigger a trauma that I'm not necessarily the origin of. And now she's not listening to me no more. Mm -hmm. Right. Now she's drawn the line. Or I drew the line and didn't even know it because I'm using language that necessarily ruffles the feathers or, or creates this dissonance in our interaction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that is what makes communication extremely hard when we talk mm-hmm. about co-parenting, especially when there is a history there. And guys want to know, man, what am I supposed to do when before I open my mouth, she already has an attitude about yeah. me, period. She already has an attitude with the, the child because the child looked like me. Right. You know, like I'm coming in this thing already two down before I open my mouth. Go ahead, Linda. Well, I'm going to say, just keeping it real, though, that if it was really considered a relationship and then the child got introduced, if it became a separation, communication probably was probably one of the root issues. So yeah. therefore, then they probably was already having some incompatibility problems from the front end on it. But let's be real, maybe the sex, maybe the money, something kept them riding 
until they just couldn't ride no more and they had to separate, albeit that somebody else got introduced to it or something, you know, in the equation. But whatever yeah. happened, though, you can best believe communication was part of the problem. For so sure. we can't say that even now while we still have these so much going on that these people have a problem communicating to each other because we do know men and women we can say certain words and women hear something else or mm-hmm. women say something and men don't understand it and it's just what it is you know that's kind of <laughs> like it just turns into a toxic situation and therefore as much as they say hey as much as i keep trying to talk to her she ain't listening or yeah. You know, he so that's part of the problem more than anything. It's like I said, they in in that line of of that we talk about maturity and those things like that will come in the problem right now. What guys are dealing with is just that breakdown of communication. And a lot of times that's where the third party comes in, i.e. the courts to say, okay, well, y'all gonna have to work this out. Maybe we start hitting at the pockets, maybe that'll force you to communicate. And typically that is starting the process of maturity that leads to some type of level of peace for the child's sake mm-hmm. and, you know, help them move forward in their future relationships. So that goes back to what you said earlier, Lando, that's the work. Yeah, you know, I, I tell work. people in, in relationship, when you talk about communication, you need to, uh, you need to uh, uh, liken that to like learning Spanish or French. You're about to learn a new language yeah. and you want to be proficient in that language. And so your couple communication like you can't bring the same type of communication you use out in the real world into your relationship. You all are trying to learn a new language like you would learn French or Spanish or Latin, right? And yeah. the more proficient you come in that, the more you start to understand each other and speak your own language. But like you yeah. said, Orlando, a lot of people don't want to do the work. So and, they and figure the louder yeah. I talk, then that'll make you understand me, right? That's yeah. not the case. Go ahead. And, and, and I was going to say one of the things also in that is that sometimes as we know how it works in a relationship is that unspoken word sometimes is a communication and yes, sometimes sir. that's interpreted differently. So women take what a guy don't do as saying something <laughs> and sure. then things get all construed and everything to that end on it. You know, so that's where these things break down as you start to learn that communication and put in the work. Some guys like, I didn't even say nothing. I did, you know what I mean? It was because I went out and bought a new car, and then she started tripping because she's saying, you know, so it just is all these things that don't even come to the verbal certain lines of communication. It can just be. It's what you ain't doing, right, Lando? He got a new car, so he can be paying more in child support. Absolutely. He got to go. I'm talking to my lawyer. That's right. <laughs> Jump in there, Orlando. Every go ahead. <laughs> I have no words on what these two are over here cackling about. <laughs> so, oh goodness. We talked about a lot of stuff that didn't work, but Doc, you know, you talked about people kind of leveling up after it being in these situations. Yeah. Do you ever see uh like both parents leveling up and coming back together, not just for the child, but also re-entering relationships, or is that kind of like that never? Oh, no, no, it happens. It happens. I'm serious. I know some people that have done that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It happens. You know, um, I mean, like uh, awareness is a beautiful thing, you know, and it's a consciousness about the present. And when you are aware and you're conscious in the present, you really start to really exist in all three dimensions. You start to exist in, in, in the past, present, and future all in the same time if you are aware of the present because you are taking all of the lessons from your history 
and you are applying them to decisions you make in the present and you are immediately impacting the future. And so it is that awareness, that sankofa that allows parents to be better parents because then they have this epiphany that, hey, this is much bigger than me. It's much bigger than you and I. And like, even when we were together, it was much bigger than us, you know? And you start to see all of the potential uh, in, in your offspring because that is the natural order. Everything in me, I am supposed to pass on when I pass on, right? I'm supposed to pass that on to my children. They are supposed to be a bigger figure than me. I am their first mentor. And if you know anything about mentorship, uh, very rarely is the mentor bigger than the mentee. So if you see Maya Angelou mentor Oprah, Oprah is the bigger figure. If you see Warren Buffett mentor Bill Gates, Bill Gates is the bigger figure. If I mentor my child or my children the right way, they should be the bigger figure. And so you do see uh, parents who come together and they have that understanding like, wait a minute, we can pour into that and it can be better and greater than you and I ever were. And so, yeah, it does happen. But it is about this consciousness. It is an awareness that it is bigger than me. That's good. That's good. I think that's that's at the heart of everything that we've talked about. Ebony, we really enjoy having you with us today. Uh, if people want to stay in contact or at least follow you on social media, how do they do that? Uh, well, I'm Ebony Funderburk on Facebook, but I'm the Glamazon Mom, T-H-E-G-L-A-M-A-Z-O-N, Mom, M-O-M, on Instagram and Twitter. And it's all public, so you can see me. And 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 Ebony, tell them what the glam what what is the glamazon mom? What the glamazon mom. Well, I <laughs> I do um a, a sixty second motivational moment, uh, mommy moments with the glamazon mom. We talk about just raising kids, and I give black mama advice, pretty much what it is, you know, on on um how to raise healthy, whole, you know, stable kids, and you know just. You, Things that we talk about one-on-one -on -one amongst ourselves. Hey, how do y'all deal with this? And, you know, we get on and cackle about it. And then I just put it in a 60-second minute and send it out. And people love it, y'all, because apparently ain't nobody hearing this Black Mama Juice. So I like to give them Black Mama <laughs> Juice. They need to hear it. They need to hear some Black Mama. They need Black Mama in their lives. No COVID-19 has had Black Mamas coming out and all of these mayors. I just want you to know, Keisha Bottoms showed you Black Mama. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Okay. The mayor sure. of Chicago, Lightfoot, showed yeah. you Black Mama. Yeah. There's another one that showed us a Black Mama, but she was white. But my point is, we'll get your kids straight. There you they'll go. grow up there and they'll go. be large and in charge. They'll be bigger than us. Yes, I enjoy what I do and um, I enjoy just uh, being able to speak and motivate people in that regard. So thank you for having me. Definitely. I really appreciate you. Uh, Orlando, Dr. Webb, any parting words uh, for our listeners? Hey, I'll just say, man, be kind. <laughs> Real. Do yourself a favor and be kind and understand like child support extends past the dollar. Child support is a comprehensive plan. It is not a dollar. So uh, if you're out there in you know, situations, you know, challenge yourself to have a mature conversation. Challenge yourself to not try to reap the benefit, but understand your child needs to reap the benefit from this, uh, this understanding and uh, you know, go, go at it with that mindset. That's right, that's right. And I just say, like I said, if both parents, y'all came in and made an investment 
and y'all and the dividend was the child. Y'all got to take care of it so it'll reap a great harvest. There you go. Uh, so keep that in mind. And like I said, continue to, as we said before in the show, you got to put in the work. The work is really what it's going to come down to, to make things better and easier in your life, man. Who wants all that drama? That's what a term baby mama drama, all that kind of cycling into that. Baby mama actually is, is a much better term than what some guys in the hood used to say. I'm telling you, that's a sign of respect. You know what I'm saying? That's hey, that's funny. my baby mama. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I know women may hate that, but look, dudes in the hood, you know what I mean? Baby mama. Baby hey, mama. You know, that, that, that's a What that's about wife? Can we get wife out of this? Yeah, can we get right. wife? Hey, you can get yeah, wifey. That's upgrade. Yeah, you get wifey. wifey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, you know. <laughs> that wifey right there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We want to remind everybody that you can follow us on Instagram at Manbreed and on Facebook at Manbreed Live. So thanks for joining us. This is Man Breed, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge.